This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Lord, we come to you now. We're all here, assembled together, and and uh, like in the book of Acts, they were assembled together wanting to hear from you. And so, Lord, we want to hear from you this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Matthew chapter 21, verse 17 reads like this. And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only and said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do that which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, probably pointing to the Mount of Olives. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. In all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing it you shall receive. So at this point, the Lord had entered into the city of Jerusalem. We talked about it actually this morning in the breaking of bread service about the triumphal entry. This was the triumphal entry was Palm Sunday. He was hailed as the son of David. He had gone directly into the temple, and when he saw the money changers there and the sales of all the animals for sacrifices, he was infuriated. He flew into a rage in verse 12 of this chapter. In verse 12, Jesus went into the temple of God, cast out all them that sold, bought in the temple, overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And when he turned to them in this anger, likely he yelled, verse 13, verse 13, he said unto them, it's written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you made it a den of thieves. I mean, we can imagine such a scene as this going on in the temple. It's very much 
looks like what's described in extra biblical books, other books, not the Bible, called the books of the Maccabees. And then Josephus, when the, there's the record of the Maccabees cleansing the temple after it had been defiled by the Greeks, the Greeks who had demanded that the Jews sacrifice pigs to their gods, Mattathias at that time, the high priest, and at that time, just as a pig was going to be sacrificed by a Jew, Mattathias takes out from under his robe a knife. He kills the Jew that's about to sacrifice the pig and the Greek who was present. The five sons of Mattathias join him in a rebellion against the, the Greeks. And one of his sons outstandingly steps forward as a real warrior. They nickname him the Hammer. His name is Judas. And finally, the Maccabees are able to cast out all the Greeks out of the temple, just as the Lord had cast out all the money changers and the animal sellers out of the temple in verse 12. And for all intents and purposes, the Maccabees might as well have said, verse 13, Verse 13, it's written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you made it a place to sacrifice pigs. And just as the Maccabees had put away their daggers and got to the work of restoring the temple to what it should have been with the lighting of the menorah and then, and then following on the first day of Hanukkah, so the Lord put away the small whips that he had made in John 2.15. It describes the small whips he made. John 2.15, to drive out these profiteering intruders and got to the work of restoring the temple to what it should have been. And Jesus in the temple, the temple finally got its true menorah in Christ, the light of the world. And with that historic restoration of the temple, when the day that Jesus cleansed it, the temple started once again fulfilling the purpose for which it was made and that's verse 13, uh, 14, that's verse 14, that's what it's all about. The temple finally being a place where the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. So the words in verse 14 are so significant. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple because this is the pinnacle of like physical need, blind and lame and they come to him in the temple, and this scene of the blind coming to him in the temple to be healed, it's so symbolic of those who are spiritually blind and need to come to him to have their spiritual sight restored. What is a spiritually blind person? A spiritually blind person is a person who cannot see who Jesus Christ is. We talked, to, we sung this morning, who is he? in yonder stall? Who is he that the shepherds are falling to? Who is he that comes in gentleness? Who is he that's on the cross, is dying in agony and so forth? Who is he? A spiritually blind person cannot see who Jesus Christ is. A spiritually blind person cannot see Jesus Christ is God. They can't see He's in the form of man. He's saving man. A spiritually blind person cannot see that Jesus Christ is the one and only Messiah that was sent from heaven to man. Take him or leave him, but he's the only one that's sent. A spiritually blind person is a person who cannot see that all of the Old Testament scriptures are speaking about him. He's the center of topic 
for the scriptures. A spiritually blind person cannot see that he's the only way to heaven. Take him or leave him, but it's the only path to heaven. A spiritually blind person cannot see. He needs desperately Jesus Christ to both forgive him for his sins and to cleanse him from his sins. So this scene in verse 14 now the physically blind coming to Jesus is the answer to the question of the spiritually blind, how do I get to see that Jesus Christ is God and the Messiah and the subject of the Old Testament of the scriptures, the only way to heaven, the savior that I need from the penalty and the defilement of my sins. So as the spiritually blind in verse 14 are coming to Jesus, the spiritually blind understand this is the way that the blindness is taken away. This physically blind come to Jesus in the temple and they said essentially one word to Jesus, help. And the spiritually blind have to come to Jesus with that same word, help. Just as the father did in Mark 9.24, in Mark 9.24, straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou in mine unbelief. So Jesus in the temple, in verse 14, it shows us what the temple's all about. The temple is a place where the helpless find help. The temple is a place where the blind receive sight. And then in verse 14, we see how the temple is also a place where the lame, not just the blind, but the lame came to Jesus. And we've all seen a lame person, and we've seen in the lame person that extreme desire to walk, but he cannot. He's got all the will in the world just to put one foot in front of the other and stand and support his weight, but he can't. And he looks at other people who are walking and running with syncopated coordination, one foot in front of the other, dashing into the air. He can't do it, but his full desire's there. It's there. And picture the similarity with a spiritually lame person. Spiritually lame person wants to walk with God, but he can't. He's just lame, he's spiritually lame. Spiritually lame person has all the will in the world to walk with God in his life. A steady course of Bible reading and prayer and obedience to God. He can't walk with God because he's lame. And when he tries to stand, he just falls again into sin. He's just spiritually lame. Spiritually lame person, he's got all the will in the world inside to run with God, to see what a life would be if he could have a life where he ran with God. He sees an opportunity that God's put in front of him and he runs for it. And when he tries to get up and run, he just falls down. He starts the race and he falls and he's laughed at because he falls into some sin or he's drawn away by some meaningless video game into a distraction or whatever the distraction might be. He's just spiritually lame. Spiritually lame person really wants to obey God. He can't, he can't stand for Jesus. He tries to witness for Christ, his tongue gets frozen. He's spiritually lame. He tries to rebuke a person for using the name of Jesus Christ as a swear word, he freezes up, just can't do it. Spiritually lame. You ever watch a, a person with multiple sclerosis or cerebral palsy try to walk? It's painful to watch. Struggle to put one foot in front of the other. 
And as that person just tries and you, you feel all the will inside of them and you're watching and you're crying out, you can do it, you can do it. Just put one foot in front of the other. Just put. And you get so engaged and so involved, you get exhausted watching them try to put one foot in front of the other. You know who I'm talking about. And you feel every muscle and will inside of them as, they, as every muscle, but they just can't make it happen. And you feel so frustrated. You can almost want to say to the person, why can't you just do it? Why can't you just put that foot in front of the other? And the person would say to you, I want to, but I can't because I'm lame. And your heart at that moment breaks because of that lame person. And you say, how do you want to see that person healed of the lameness? And there are those who are coming to Jesus in verse 14. Verse 14, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And that scene in verse 14 of the physically lame coming to Jesus to be healed is the answer to the question that the spiritually lame ask. And the question is, how can I recover from my lameness of sinning And how can I be able to just daily walk with God, read my Bible, pray, live a life that's pleasing to God? And the answer is come to Jesus with your lameness for healing. The question is, how can I recover my lameness? How can I possibly run with God, seizing opportunities he puts in front of me to witness, bring souls to Christ? And the answer is come to Jesus with your lameness And the way verse 14 is stated is so very significant as it reads in verse 14, the lame and the blind came to him in the temple and he healed them. What would have happened if the lame and the blind came into this magnificent building, this magnificent temple, and verse 14 just missed out two words and it read, the lame and the blind came in the temple. What would happen if you left out the two words to him in verse 14 and the lame and the blind says, well, here we are. We're in the temple. Just because we're in the temple, we can expect to be healed just because we're here. Sounds kind of crazy. But that's exactly what people do today in churches. They leave off the two words to him and they come with their needs of verse 14 where the lame and the blind come in the temple and they leave off to him. People come to church expecting to be healed simply because they come to church and they leave off those two words in verse 14, to him. Coming to church only has meaning if it includes those two words, to him. Without those two words in verse 14, to him, then without Christ, church becomes just a social club. And without Christ, church becomes just a place to meet friends, to listen to entertaining music, to listen to a thought-provoking message. But without those two words in verse 14, to him, church has lost its purpose. Church being a place like the temple where the helpless find help. And church loses its purpose when church is just a place where spiritually blind people come, but they don't come to him. And it has to, church has got to be a place where spiritually blind people receive sight so they can see who Jesus Christ really is and how much they need Jesus Christ. Without those two words to him, church loses its purpose of being a place where the spiritually lame are healed 
so that they can walk with God in a steady life of Bible reading, prayer, obeying God, so that they can run with God and see the opportunities in front of them to witness, to bring souls to Christ, go for it. But when you find yourself, and you've all been there, in a church that is missing Christ, you feel like saying to the pastor what Mary said at the empty tomb of Christ in John 20, 15, John 20, 15. You feel like walking up to the pastor and saying, sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him and I'll, I'll take him away. And when you find yourself in a church listening to a message that's not centered on Jesus Christ, you feel like saying to the person next to you, John 20, verse 13, John 20, verse 13, you know what? They've taken away my Lord and I know not where they've laid him. Not in this message. And the lame and the blind, in verse 14, came to the temple to go to Jesus and the temple without Jesus just got no help for them. But verse 14 does have those two words. The lame and the blind came to him in the temple and he healed them. The only reason the lame and the blind came to the temple so that they could come to Jesus Christ. And the same is true for a church. We come spiritually blind and lame to Jesus Christ in the church to be healed. And the only reason we come to church is so we can come to Jesus Christ. And the same is true for the Bible. We come spiritually blind and lame to Jesus Christ in the Bible to be healed. The only reason we come to the Bible is so we can come to Jesus Christ. And the blind and the blind were thrilled when Christ healed them. The blind said, I can see, I can see. And what was the first sight that they saw when they could see? It was Jesus Christ. It was the one who just healed them. Fanny Crosby was blind from infancy, practically from birth. She never knew sight. She, could, she never saw. But she looked forward to having that experience of seeing for the first time. She thought about it. Think about it. A blind person from birth, practically speaking, never saw dreaming of the day when she'll be able to see for the first time. And she thought about that day after she died when she would look forward to seeing, and she looked forward to seeing Jesus Christ as her first sight, like those people in the temple. And she expressed the thrill of it all, of what it would be like when she saw Christ in the hymn, my savior, first of all. And she wrote these words, when my life work is ended, and I cross the swelling tide. When the bright and glorious morning I shall see, I shall know my Redeemer when I reach the other side. His smile will be the first to welcome me. Oh, the soul-thrilling rapture when I view his blessed face and the luster of his kindly beaming eye how my full heart will praise him for the mercy, love, and grace that prepare for me a mansion in the sky. I shall know him. I shall know him. I am redeemed by his side. I shall stand. I shall know him by the print of the nails in his hand. That was her dream. That's what she looked forward to. Seeing, well, her savior, first of all. The lame, the lame dream 
of no longer struggling to put one foot in front of the other, but the lame dream of Isaiah 35.5, Isaiah 35.5, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped, then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dung shall stum, shall sing. The lame, so happy to no longer have the, just the will to walk and the will to run, but be stopped by their feet that, will not, that refuses now to move at their command. And now in the temple, in verse 14, the lame are saying, look at me, look at me, I'm jumping like a deer, I'm no longer lame, I can walk, I can run, I can jump. And this was such a happy day in the temple. It's hard for us to imagine the joy in the temple for all the blind and the lame, and this was, this was a great day. But it was not a happy day for some others. And verse 15 says, verse 15, when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. They weren't just displeased, their displeasure hurt them. They were sore displeased. And because of the unbelief of the chief priests and the scribes, he left the temple and he left the city. We can imagine the healed and the children saying, you're leaving? Where are you going? Well, we don't want you to leave. We can imagine that not all of the blind and the lame around had come to the temple and had been healed. We can imagine how when the word spread that he had been in the temple and he healed the blind and the lame, that there were other blind and lame who, who came to the temple only to be disappointed to hear, like, well, he left. He was here, but he left. You just missed him. And we can imagine that this whole scene of him leaving in verse 17 could be summarized with Matthew 13, 57. Matthew 13, 57, they were offended at him but Jesus said, a prophet's not without honor, save in his own country, in his own house. He did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. It's though we could just imagine that verse, Matthew 13, 58, Matthew 13, 58, appearing right under verse 17. So it might as well read like this, or right above it, rather, right above it. Matthew 13, 58, Matthew 13, 58. He did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief, Matthew 21, 17. And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany and he lodged there. What a tragedy his leaving was. The chief priests and the chief scribes, what a tragedy they did. What they did was Psalm 78, 40. Psalm 78, 40. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited the Holy One of Israel with their unbelief. They limited Jesus Christ, the Holy One of Israel. He wanted to heal more. He wanted more blind to see. He wanted more lame to work. But from their unbelief, they limited him as the Holy One of Israel. That's a warning for us because 
we can also limit Jesus Christ as the Holy One of Israel by our unbelief. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.